0: Yo, what is going on? Welcome to Crossing Broadcast. It is Monday, as always. I am Adam Lufko, joined by Kyle Scott, Russell Joy. It has been a nice long weekend. Russell Joy's Twitter mentions are filled with people asking soccer questions, so his boner this morning is uncontrollable. Kyle Scott, a.k.a. the czar of audio, has been messing with our microphones for the better part of 25 minutes. Uh, Kyle, how are the levels, man? How are we doing right now?
1: I don't know. I'll let you you know after I get our Twitter feedback by about 9.15 if people tell me to go fuck myself.
0: It is the only podcast where audio is controlled by the people and Kyle loves getting Twitter mentions. Adam sounds like he's in a cave. Russell Joy is on planet Mars. Kyle Scott in a nice, comfy audio booth. Um,
2: (laughs) You don't get get these kind of issues from Sports Talk Radio, do you guys? (laughs)
0: Exactly. Uh, NBA, Warriors up 2-0. They are steamrolling. Russell, would you bet your salary on a sweep? No. Okay, all
2: right. I think Cleveland's got to win at least one at home, but I, I think we're starting to see just this absolutely measurable difference between the teams and and the the difference that exists with kevin durant on that team the matchup nightmares that that has caused for for cleveland cannot be understated um i i originally said golden state i wanted to see it in seven i thought it could happen in six uh i try not to get swayed by emotional decisions but it it has become so awful to watch that i would not be surprised if it only goes five
1: Oh, I don't even think it's going to go five. The Warriors team, this is this is probably the best basketball team ever assembled. And I know I sound like like Paul Pierce on the postgame show with his flaming hot takes about Durant being the best player on the planet. Honestly, Paul Pierce was like, Russ, and I, I say this respectfully, if you were on the NBA postgame show just saying wacky shit to the entire country, that was Paul Pierce last night. But I don't think anybody beats the Warriors. This team is way too good. And if there was one moment last night that encapsulated it, it is when Durant got hot, I guess, midway through the fourth quarter, and he had just hit a three. They're coming back down court. Steph Curry has the ball, and either Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson said, well, just give it to Durant. And within about two seconds, Steph Curry pulls up from deep and just jacks a rainbow up yet another one. Splash... Um, You don't even need to give it to Durant. They they could kill you from any number of ways. I I thoroughly enjoy watching this team. I, I know there was some sort of, like, and Game of Thrones, Game of Zones played into this a little bit, that they were now the evil super team after they spent two years of being beloved, but I love this Warriors team. That is the most exciting basketball team I've ever seen. And they're the best non-Olympic club team that has ever been assembled.
0: I think the thing that I like the most is it's become very popular to shit on Kevin Durant for being like a, a title chaser. And I think it really did seem like for me, for most of the regular season, the playoffs, people were acting like Durant was the third wheel. And there has been undoubtedly Durant as the number one player in this series thus far. And I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this offseason. Uh, I know we're going to get into Klay Thompson. Can the Sixers even make a run for him this offseason? Um, but I, I, I have never been upset with Durant in going to this team. Um, I, I've never been upset in someone going, wow, I'd like to be a part of greatness. Um, I understand that all of a sudden we get this machismo that you have to do it yourself and you were so close. And I get it, but I'll never hate someone for wanting to accomplish a championship. Uh, much like I'll never hate anyone in Philadelphia for ditching local sports radio and coming and listening to Crossing Broadcast on a thrice daily basis. So much so that people send emails to Kyle Scott's email address. And what does it say, Kyle?
1: All right, so this is an email um, from the name of the emailer is fuck this, and their email address they use to send it to me is joyonbroad at mail.com. Yo, come on, man. So, congratulations, Russ. You have your first semi imposter, unless it was you. I'm like like 40% convinced that this was you because it just goes on and on about how great you are. No, actually, I'm not
2: creative enough for this
1: no it compares you to a woman so I will read this because this is a good email uh, it's from D- uh, this is not Dan the, the, another one's from Dan this is from fuck this um, it's, it's a couple paragraphs, so just bear with me for a sec. As someone who has been critical of you in the blog, it gets off me in a second, uh, of you in the blog on the comment section as Mikey Mist, in parentheses, not Mikey Mist, Mikey Mist, M-I-S-T, Dykey Mist, straight to the comment section, racist comments, pay for, dot, 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 Paul Jolovitz fan club president, and most recently as huge fan of huge fan of Paul Jolovitz, Jolovitz 24-year-old Tinder stud, Bob. So those are his commenter handles. Your actions over the past few weeks has turned me into a fan. The post a few Fridays ago about the trolls was genius. Now I'm just flogging myself. And if you purposely posted on a Friday to let it sit all weekend, that was second level genius. Bo, those trolls are still butt hurt and Brad the dude went running scared also I was also hesitant to embrace podcast and when listen to sports radio as background noise but now I barely listen to the radio anymore and comma it pains me to admit it I listen to podcast now and it started with crossing broadcast I won't go as far to say you guys are amazing there's the salt. but you guys are more interesting than local radio for sure and seem to be getting better with each episode i have a seinfeld comparison for the three of you kyle would be the jerry because his sports takes have some weird quirky explanation explanation behind them that is by the way one of my favorite comparisons thus far uh i like i like that because yeah, uh, you're jerry Adam freaking would- no, seinfeld
0: yeah you like that you're jerry seinfeld. no okay no i
1: don't like the jerry part i like the quirky explanation i always do i had I, I come like at a 45 degree angle on my takes oh, russ yeah, comes yeah. rice russ comes just like from the backside with some crazy ass thing and and adam's our mainstream guy you just come right down the middle Mason, of the pipe
0: what are our characters
1: all right so adam would be george because he's like a wild card who is usually the contrarian or push a devil's advocate argument to get you guys stirred up he That's got fair. some nicer hair though to
0: be uh, nate peterman but i'll go with costanza <laughs>
1: it's ned ned is it it's Ned, right?
0: Ned Peterman?
1: We will get, well, I guarantee you, we will get feedback well, on bullshit.
0: this. Well, bullshit. I'm going to Google while you read his.
1: And Russell would be Elaine because he hates being compared to a woman. But for real, Russell would be Cosmo because his sports takes are usually off the wall or he makes incorrect, crazy statements and you guys just pounce on him.
2: So
0: Great it's email. J Great email. It's Jay Peterman.
2: <laughs> Come on, Definitely guys. Everybody knows Peter. that. Nor Ned
0: <laughs> oh, what did I right. do? Yeah, it's not like I, Ned Flanders. Right. You know? Well, that was oh, a real-time I, I correction, never. so we can yeah, all so, stop
1: the emails and feedback. So
0: the comment section can kiss my ass. Uh, we have uh, another five-star review. We're up to 174, so thank you, everybody out there. This is a Jay Farrell 16 Guys, I love the show and keep up the good work. I would like to make a deal with you boys. Can I get a crossing broadcast tee that you need to make? So I can wear it as a troll to 975's Fantasy Fest this summer, Mister T-shirt Maker. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's easy enough to do. We could print those on demand. I think the only hurdle is, um, and we will we will split your profits. Um, I think the only hurdle is we got to come up with a design. Our logo as is, I don't know if that works on a t-shirt. I like the outline of the Liberty Bell. I think we could do something with that. But just blasting the logo on the t-shirt would probably look a little odd. I think we can come up. We need like an alternate logo. Uh, you know how NBA teams like the Sixers have the ball, but then they also have the circle and just the seventy-six. So we need our like seventy-six. We can't just blast like our full, our full ball official insignia logo.
2: I think we should contact Always future thinking. future Sixer father Lavar Ball to uh, use the big baller brand to make our or shirt. use the crossing broadband,
1: and I could continue feeding my children.
0: Ah. Look, the, the key is the key is you never just put a ball out there, all right? You gotta right, you gotta yeah. make sure it's gonna be wanted before you just start throwing balls out there. Let, let's
2: actually, can you, we talk? You about hear that, Russ? That? The conversation has devolved, and I'm here, and this uh, this is this is not good. This, this, is, what is, Zach, cause he this just is what happens. This is what happens when around. Kyle Scott spends 20 minutes in the morning telling Adam Lefko that <laughs> his audio sucks and everything is his fault.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, man. New York is a hard place to record a podcast because there's like cars and horns and humans. It's crazy. But we La- have
1: four, we have four co-hosts on this show: me, Russ, Adam, and New the city, city of New York. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's talk about uh, ball because Lavar Ball, Lonzo Ball. Uh, I, you guys uh, hit me up in Slack, and you said, "Do you guys know this Jordan Schultz guy?" And I'm telling you that. Uh, I hang out with him a good amount. He's really connected and he will not put stuff out there unless someone within the organization that has some ranking um, believes that it's true that the Lakers are not sure about Lonzo Ball. Uh, I actually texted with him yesterday and I said, is it looking like he's coming to the Sixers? He told me that it sure does look like he's going to be there at three, that the Lakers are really into Josh Jackson, and that the workout for Lonzo is going to be enormous. He said they're going to test him when he goes and when works out for the Lakers. They want to see if he really does have star power. They want to see how he conducts himself on the court. They're not going to be like letting LeVar in there. Um, it's going to be uh, – they need to test him. And that if it doesn't go to their liking, he will be there at three for the Sixers, which used to be a nightmare in my take because I was very concerned about LeVar. But I'm going to be honest – If Lonzo is there at three, I am now going to say I want to take him because that's just an opportunity that I can't pass up. I know I flipped. I flipped. But I thought about – because I thought about LeVar Ball outside of the stadium in Philly hawking T-shirts and shoes, and I know that he will get cracked in his face if he runs his mouth. I thought about it. He's going to be in our city. He's not going to be in LA. He's not going to be comfortable. And if he runs any of that crap in Philly, I know that my Philly dudes will take care of him. And I've thought about that. Step, Lavar, please. And look, Kyle, you're already shaking your head and you're laughing. But three things. He's not in LA if he comes out here. And I don't think people realize how different LA and Philly are.
1: Oh well, yeah, there are there. They're not the same philly's there,
0: not east
2: coast la
1: what there are murderous gangs in la uh so first of all your machismo sports talk radio take there that lavar ball going to get popped in the face is is excellent Come on, um, first of all if he's on the street selling t-shirts he's encroaching on my turf so it might be me to pop him in the face second of all um you are coalescing around lonzo ball like like a here Russell loves it when I do this, like a Republican delegate at the convention who was wasn't so sure about trump and then they realized he was going to be their guy so you either gotta accept it or shut up kyle's um, eight i've been on the ball train all along trump. but uh <laughs> this guy quick, jordan this guy, schultz just, just for people who don't wrong. know he's the what is he the bleacher report he's just the nba guy there no, the nba so he's, insider
0: he doesn't uh doesn't work at bleacher report regularly he works right now at sports illustrated and huffington post and he does like writing and all that stuff he is someone that has been turning himself someone into a newsmaker. He broke the Marshawn Lynch story about him going to Oakland. Um, he does a lot of like Northwest stuff. So realize who he is. Mm-hmm. He's the son of Howard Schultz, aka the CEO of Starbucks. So he's extremely well connected in the West Coast. Um, and I know. And look, he did not tell me this. This is me guessing. Like I swear to God on my family's life. He didn't tell me this. Who owns a lot of Starbucks? Uh. Magic Johnson. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's it, but that was my first thought. But he does not put it up unless it's like double or triple confirmed because he's one of those old school news people. So there is some buzz to this.
1: Well, I, I would give it validity. I, I cannot, I, I don't think it's possible for me to love the Starbucks conspiracy theory anymore so the son of the CEO of Starbucks is reporting that the Lakers may not do something and we're working off the theory here that Magic Johnson owns Starbucks and has a connection I did not know that he owned Starbucks yeah. I'm not making well, fun owns, of you. I love this, this is the most NBA thing yeah. ever. Yeah. He, yeah,
0: Magic Johnson owns like 40 Starbucks or something. No. shit, like that. that guy. Oh dude, okay, you need to go watch the little like it was either an E60 or something about Magic Johnson. He owns like a like 200 businesses. That's why he's like an incredible businessman. And he still Ladies and gentlemen, HIV, we have reached right? that I'm part just... of
2: the uh we've we've reached that part of the podcast where Adam Lefko is name dropping TV documentaries and or books for you and for your Entertainment.
0: Make sure you get the Undoing Project by Michael Lewis, <laughs> as I've mentioned that it, almost as many times as Kyle Scott has mentioned Donald Trump. Only uh, three
2: easy fun. payments of 9.95 plus shipping and handling.
0: So I have come around to Lonzo Ball and the team mainly because because you have I think to Philly will beat up. Yeah, Philly will beat up the dad, and Lonzo and Ben Simmons together just makes so much sense. What do you guys think if he's there at three I forget what your takes were on this
1: uh, okay my take is that you you have to take him his usage rate was only I want to say it was only 18 last year he doesn't complete yep. a lot of possessions with the ball in his hands he is next to Markel Fultz probably the best guy for the sixers in the draft his shot I mean his shot was terrific in college there's a little bit of concern on I guess how it translates to the NBA because it's a little conventional it comes off the side a little bit his release point isn't too high but he shoots them and they go in uh I'm a this is this is the worst take ever but I'm a little concerned after seeing that video of his brother last week and I'm like oh that's what that shot that's what that exact shot looks like his high school brother in that uh I guess AAU game who was just air jacking up for people who don't know, just jacking up from all over the court and airballing and clanking everything. That's what that shot looks like when it doesn't go in and God, does it look bad. So that gave me a little bit of pause, even though comparing him to his six, six-year-old 6 younger brother, six-year-younger brother is probably not fair. He's got to be the guy for the Sixers there if he's available. I don't care about the LeVar thing. That'll work itself out. As Adam said, someone's going to punch him in the face. No, but not really. Um, I don't think that's really as much of an issue as the as both him, Ball, and Ben Simmons being pass first guys, that's the only thing that would concern me a little bit. Neither of them are the sort of player who get the ball in their hands and go directly at the cup. Where you know a guy like Kyrie or even Steph, when they're pounding the air out of the ball and have no other play, they can both get into the lane and make something happen. I think Ball can do that. I think Simmons can do that. But they're both both pass first players so i do worry a little bit about having pass first guys i still think they would need a wing shooter with uh with both of those guys out there but um yeah you take lonzo ball
2: plain and simple i'll play contrarian here um no i'm just kidding uh you you take lonzo ball i i've been very i think clear about the fact that i am not impressed with josh jackson as you know as a guy as a fit on this team and i'm just not totally sold on him as a player i think that this is a weird draft because it's so deep through one through nine but the drop off from faults to everybody else i think that that two through nine has really kind of started to find itself in this kind of like weird ambiguous situation where like nobody has really stood out all that that far like Every player, with the exception of probably Fultz, has some kind of major glaring weakness that you would have to try to overcome in your mind if you're going to make the pick. Lonzo Ball is, like, the one guy that I guess I could get excited about because I, I just don't know what to do with three. Like, how many times do we have to have the conversation of, yeah, well, I'd like to move back because Malik Monk at three is too much of a reach. I don't want to get, like, the Frank Tilakina from France. Like, the I guess... I look at it as Lonzo was, was typically regarded as the number two guy in the draft. I've always said that it makes me nervous if magic Johnson is passing on a point guard, but if they're looking at, at overall fit for their team, and this puts them in a spot where maybe they weren't getting quite the interest that they thought they would for D'Angelo Russell. And they, they really think that going forward, Russell is a better player to have at the point and to have Josh Jackson's defensive, uh, you know, and athleticism, um, in their lineup. So it, it, like, kind of puts me in this weird spot where I, I don't really want Lonzo, um, and I don't really know what his fit with Ben Simmons is. We can say that his usage rate was low, but he's not a, a knockdown shooter. Like, I, I honestly am at a point where I think I would have just rather have a, a, a dead shooter like Malik Monk, or, like, this makes me then want to say, then you really need to throw a lot of, like, copious amounts of cash at J.J. Redick, because you need a legitimate shooter on the floor. I agree Lonzo's, like a, is like, a decent-ish shooter, but this also just kind of scares me because Lavar's gonna get in the way of Ben Simmons, and that that whole. Nah, stop. Nah, I, I'm just saying now no, because I could see the situation where, like, two months into the season, Lavar is mad because Ben Simmons is the main distributor on the team and the main, um, you know, point forward, and that Lavar gets mad because Lonzo looks like crap. He's not hitting shots. And he blames it on Simmons, you know, running the team. I, this is look. This is this is the NBA. I, I know everyone. His his dad is a unique
1: person, no doubt about it. And, but this is the. I mean, there are so many characters in the NBA. Every star is flanked by characters. Some better or worse than others. But the fact that it's his dad is a big deal. The fact that he is such a shameless self-promoter is a big deal and gets all the attention. But the, the NBA has like, institutionally dealt all sports have. But especially the NBA, where it's really a star-driven league and every team is built around two or three players. Every team, especially the Colangelos, because they are these you know, the, the just gestated NBA folks that the league has approved us to work with, they have systems for dealing with this. Maybe Sam Hinkie wouldn't have. I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal when you have experienced NBA people figuring out how to keep it, let his dad be loud on the side and create distraction or whatever. I don't think that affects the team as much as you think it will. Maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but remember, just think about... I think we're over... I really do think we're overthinking this. Like, it, you just take ball. If If we told you... The Sixers got the second pick three weeks ago. Everyone would say, well, this is a no-brainer. You take Lonzo Ball. He's he's a ball-distributing, distributor, ball ball-handling guard who can shoot. That's what the Sixers need. He would be the best guy available there. Don't overthink what? it. I'm with you that I want a shooter, and I, I'd be okay if we came out of this draft with Malik Monk, no doubt about it. But you just take take Lonzo Ball. This isn't complicated.
0: Let me address Russ talking about Magic not liking him. I said this on the last podcast that Magic is not a great talent evaluator. I'm going to read you three tweets from Magic Johnson. Number one, the Bucks just acquired the next Jason Kidd Gosh. and Michael Carter Williams. Number two, I love Okafor because he's won a state championship, an NCAA title, and he can bring that championship pedigree to the Lakers. Number three, for all of you out there questioning Jimmer Fredette of BYU, he is the real deal. In China. He is, Magic is someone that they brought in there because they needed someone to connect with free agents. And he is like a god in that facility. But I do not think he's in there studying film. I think he's going to rely on his people. Uh, The other thing is about Malik Monk drafting him too high. It's the number one thing that pisses me off about the draft. Perceived value. Too high for who? Because it doesn't fit to the mock drafts. If Malik Monk is the guy you want, and you only have one pick, then you take him. I don't care if it's three or eight. It's this notion of where people are supposed to be drafted. Why? Because they're going to get a bad grade on sportingnews.com for their draft. If you believe Malik Monk's the best, you take him at three. If you believe that it's Lonzo Ball, then you take him. If you believe that it is that French kid, then you take him. I, I just think that you don't go, it's a good pick at three or it's a bad pick at eight. Who cares? It's it's the same thing in my book. Uh, Going
2: off what you just said about the French kid, can we just have a, a moment of silence for Mike Mazzanelli and his uh, apparent take last week where he said that he doesn't care about, he doesn't want to take the French kid and then somebody responded, what about Tony Parker and Rudy Gobert? And and this is all also, of course, following Kyle's phone call with Matt Nahagian, in which he said that people tune in to Mike Mizzanelli's show for Sixers Talk. Um, I guess we just should never uh, draft a French guy, ever. You know what's interesting? They're just all trash. European players, not good. There's just no track record of European players being good. They're all soft. Dirk Nowitzki, not even German.
1: Um, the interesting thing here is and that's a hashtag Mikey missed for sure I I don't recall who it was I want to say Howard Eskin I could be wrong there were several local takes last year That Dario Sharic would come over and he would be soft because he was European. There were actually people who thought Sarge was Sharic. I I can't even bring myself to pronounce it correctly. um, Was going to be too soft. And he is anything but. He is like the the prototypical Philly guy. I, I hate to use this, but he is like the prototypical Philly guy. He's a banger. He's a mucker. He's a grinder. He's the guy... Sports talk radio loves here in Philly, and in some cases, there were people making the case against him because solely because he was European. So, um, you do. Did I
0: share the story of when I play that I was hanging out with Dario Saric at Bleacher Report playing NBA 2K? Yeah, could what?
1: you just back off the mic two inches? Before you do so, <laughs> yo,
0: Kyle, I'm gonna come over there and fucking kick your ass. I'm just trying fucking. to get, gi- I'm just
1: trying to give the listeners a quality listening experience.
0: Yo, you are, you are absolutely a radio station, like news director. Hey, Adam, look, we got an email. You, you keep saying Sharich, and they prefer you to say Sarich. Can Kyle, you
2: can that? you, uh, can you just stand up quick? Are you wearing spike esque and skinny jeans? <laughs> Are you angling for a position now in sports talk radio? I'm worried.
0: So, Dario Sharic came in, and for like 40 minutes, we were playing NBA 2K while I was interviewing him. And um, we started talking about like mentality or whatever. And I said, you know, to go where you guys were having trouble, then good. And he goes, listen, I'm going to try and do his accent. It's not good. Listen, where I come from, you never give up, you never stop fighting, ever. And then we start talking whatever and I brought up his block on Pau Gasol in the Olympics and he goes perfect example I play crap game not good but I never give up I never stop fighting and I looked at the coast. I go I want t-shirts right now never get up never stop fighting I don't know, I just don't know how to get an accent on a t-shirt you know what I mean First
1: of all um, that was a terri- that was the that was the villain in Rocky 7 so well done Second, yes. you actually sounded like him. And third, I came a little bit. That's awesome.
0: Ooh. Oh, uh, he, we, he left, and I had multiple Knicks fans in the office come up to me and be like, holy crap, he was awesome. I'm so jealous. He's just, he's this driven kid that you get done talking to him, and you go, I'm just happy you're in the locker room. Like, that's awesome. Um, Do you have
1: video of that? No, Do you know where the video of that is?
0: Yeah, it's on Facebook Live somewhere. I can look. For yeah, them. dig See, it. Up. That's I'll also put it
2: on the show notes. That's also why it makes it so hard. Like even when a, a a mock deal is proposed that includes him, that it just it's so hard to to come around to the idea of trading him. He's just he is an awesome young player, and he's just got the right makeup for what you want in a locker room full of potentially, uh, Lavar Ball.
0: So that was a thing for a number of years. Will Dario come over? I remember people telling me he's never going to come over. And now we kind of got that right now with Firkin Corkmaz. So, what is the deal with that, Mr. Russ?
2: Corkmaz, I, I think I covered this a, a few episodes ago. Corkmaz has a $2 million buyout. He's really in Philly to talk about his future. Apparently, uh, the Colangelos were in contact with him throughout the season. He's a 6'10 shooting guard if you look at him he still looks like i mean he is he's 19 he still looks like a kid um his build isn't there if if you're going to try to make a case for him coming over the the best one is probably just getting him in a strength and and conditioning program to like really get him to add muscle and to really just kind of stash him on the sevens which i wouldn't be upset about um almost like what they they did with tlc um but I could definitely see having him stay in Europe another year. He led his team to the Turkish title last year. I think they went to the championship game of, like, the, the Euro Finals. They lost, but um, he won Europe's best young player last year, which was something that Saric has won before, Saric. And, um, I mean, he's he's a good young player. He he shot around 40%, um, I believe, from, from three. His shot's improving, but he's really, he has a wiry frame. But, this is kind of like where the the Brett Brown influence and the San Antonio influence kind of comes in. San Antonio is so good about those draft and stash guys. And is missing out on one more year isn't that big of a deal right now. Now, if you're unable to acquire any kind of legitimate shooting um, through free agency or through the draft, then maybe it becomes an issue. But um, Liberty Ballers, I think it was, ran a piece about, you know, you've got guys like Stauskas, who shot a career high last year from three, You've got like Justin Anderson, and you've got Jared Bayless, and you kind of need to find out what you have in each of those guys before you start adding in an, uh, another guard into the mix. But he he is an interesting prospect. There's no doubt about it. They they very well could have another good athletic young wing to uh, to match with this core. I just don't think it's a necessity that he comes over this year. All
1: right, let's be clear about this. He's not. Um, I mean, he's here now. So like literally right now he's here. Uh, he may, he may, he's in Kyle
2: Scott's bedroom.
1: He is in my bedroom. Um, he's not Dario Saric. I think we need to make that clear to people at this point. Saric was a little bit more developed at this point. That's reasonable, right, Russ? Yeah. They're also
2: drastically different players, but yeah, no, I get that, but he's not as seasoned as, as, as Saric was. Yeah,
1: correct. This is, I don't think this is the big deal, uh, that charge was when he was coming over.
0: Um, I want to hear this Mikey missed so for people that don't realize we've made this sort of a thing now where anytime you hear a topic or a take on local radio that you think is kind of crap we want to use the hashtag Mikey missed as in like they missed the boat so Kyle one caught your eye and it was from the local TV station
1: yeah so our hashtag Mikey Mist has quickly turned into an all-encompassing uh dragnet for any bad take right now it's in local media by our next show it will be in national media and by friday it will be for soccer takes in europe so we've expanded this to include just about everything that sucks this is from csn philly a tweet yesterday i had a lot of people were tagging me in this I don't even know where this came from CSN Philly out of the blue Sunday afternoon Simmons and number three to the Knicks for Perzingis and number eight dot dot would you do it our hashtag Sixers analysts give their takes. so just reading a few of the replies off the top no thanks this is the worst question ever no delete dumbass delete your account joellen b no gif i reported this tweet as offensive i'm insulted insulted this was written what the hell no delete this tweet delete this tweet take this down um i don't know if there we really need to give it any more analysis than that this is just csn philly throwing shit at a wall trying to make something out of nothing what, but a very slow summer sunday
0: What's going to happen if I, one time, get a job at CSN Philly? What's uh, going to happen? First you of all, know, I think you'd hate it. First of all... I don't know about that. Do you know how th- dope it would be to be on TV in Philly? We, I'd have a blast. First, you know what? Yeah, Maybe you'll take
2: you, over for Farzetta on the uh, 700 level, turn his back on the Crossing broadcast, and then uh, uh, there'd be a, an absolute like uh, TV wars. Kyle Scott... Test. Kyle Scott starts running articles against Adam Lefko. Let me tell you about this guy. Um, he always had microphone issues in the morning. We we tried we tried so hard to put out a quality podcast for the people, and this guy couldn't even get his microphone to work because New York and he kept saying New York City. Well, then move out of New York City. You know what I mean? Like that's, that that's pretty much where we're at. And then people like eviscerate Kyle in the comments section, and then I just sit back there like by by that point I've been long gone from the podcast. I I get you know. I got thrown off for uh, some soccer take that went way too long. And um, Kyle's doing the podcast by himself. Josh Innes is his every other episode co-host. And uh, first that, of all, that's pretty much it. And he, and he hires MCW to produce the show.
1: First of all, this is a democracy. This is a three-way show, so no one's kicking anyone off of any show. Second of all, I, Adam, I had a little birdie tell me when, when, when I, we did the post that you were doing this show. I've gotten like a weird number of emails, and by weird number, I mean like four or six out of the blue of people being like, "Yo, I used to go to school with Adam. Great to hear him on in Philly. Yo, Adam's a great catch. Nice guy. Like, like I'm dating you now." I got several of these emails. One of which, though, I'm
0: a well-liked person, Kyle.
1: It was it's very weird. It's it was like I it was like we just started dating. Like, oh, what a great catch! You can introduce him to mom. Those were the that was the tone of the feedback I got. But one ha- included a little birdie that said, "I'm." surprised that csn did not hire him during this last round which i i interpreted it as adam had interviewed at csn before
0: i did and then bleach report said hey dump truck and i went "Ooh, that looks fun i'd like to live in new york
1: take the dump truck and and Uh, so my my theory my theory is that adam is is using the podcast to to crowbar his door into philly back open to be the next john clark
0: I would def. My thing would be no. I would say, "Hey, agent, let's call Comcast worse I'm not going to be like, "Let's do a podcast that I have no idea how it's going to do." No, but hope it finds the way. On people's let's get comments. a little
1: bit. Let's get a little bit of
2: a Philly following. Yeah. No, no. no
0: I def. No. I. Will, I, mean, right, guys, I got, reason.
2: I will. Oh, I will see but, you later. But I love. I love the uh, fan theories about Adam Lefko. Okay. And I, I. I look very much forward to your uh, couple name.
0: Oh yes, Adam. Uh, Adam uh, is pretty good left cot <laughs> Scott Co. um I like no, I, you know i mean part of the reason i did this is i wanted to be in philly more one i want to talk about philly more and two uh yeah hell yeah i like your website yeah we talked about this um let's i want to get to one of these twitter questions it was from fran uh would you watch an entire phillies game without touching your phone for fifty dollars
1: so yeah let me let me um set this up. this is from a buddy i of
0: love mine. this question
1: i do too so there's a few other qualifiers in here this is from a buddy of mine he calls me on friday and he says uh all right we were talking about this at the end of the day at work we were having beers for fifty dollars would you watch an entire phillies game including the pregame show not the post-game show for whatever reason just the pregame show pre-game show entire phillies game on a friday night on a summer friday night at home or when you could be out doing other stuff for russ and i it would be at home for adam it would be just like i'm assuming slaying on the streets of new york is that the right way to put it uh i i suppose if you were on if you were on tv in philly it would be slaying Uh, apparently Um, i mean yeah yeah um so friday night pre-game show entire phillies game for fifty dollars Here's the thing: you cannot, you cannot touch your phone during that entire time. So, say 6:30 to 10, 10:30, you cannot pick up your phone. You're allowed to get off the couch and get food if you want to get a bite to, eat, like, you know, get a bite from the fridge. Go over, get a couple of beers, go to the bathroom. That's fine. You don't, you're not locked to the couch. You All have right, to return to it and watch the game. For $50, no chance. Not at this point. I don't know if I could do it. I try, So game one of the NBA Finals, I said, I really want to see these games. There hasn't been great sports on in a while. So I'm not going to pick up my phone during gameplay, and I'm only going to do it during the commercials. Because inevitably, invariably, you pick up your phone, you, you wind up on Twitter for 20 minutes, and you missed half a quarter. You have no idea what happened that was hard enough i did it at least for the first half i only picked up the phone to check it at commercials didn't tweet didn't interact just wanted to watch the game that was one of the greatest most entertaining nba finals games ever and that was hard to do doing it for an entire phillies game would be absolute hell on earth at this point point. and for 50 bucks let's call it four hours it equates to like 12 dollars an hour to give up your friday night it's not worth it i'd, I'd do it for 100 I do it for 100, it's an easy 100 bucks to oh make God. on a Friday night, You're I would for, not I would do it you, for 50 bucks. I would bucks. pay
0: you $100 not to do it. Uh, like, <laughs> you, you just said it, $12 an hour? Have no. some value for your time. I'm not doing That's what any I'm, job that would be for $50. $12 an hour.
1: That's what I'm saying, $50 would be about $12 an hour. So
0: you value your time, Mr. running your own website, creating your own t-shirts at $25 an hour? Not during
1: regular working hours, but I would for for an easy hundred bucks on a Friday night. I would do it for hundred bucks. I would My do minimum it is a <laughs> thousand. You would do my it. My minimum 200. is a
0: thousand. No, for four hours to not be on my phone like that alone is five hundred dollars. And this was about when I was thinking three hours with no pregame show. I mean, you got to think about that fourth inning when the starting pitcher has been pulled and they're already down for nothing. Uh, yeah, there's no fifty dollars is. Uh, maybe it's also because I live in New York and $50 is three drinks. That yeah. There's no value in that. You know, $50 is not big anymore. There, there's like $50 is like a few rides on the old train. That's nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And for me, it's less about how – part of it is how bad the Phillies are. More of it is the announcers. Like, I've never been a Tom McCarthy – I McAr- love So here's the thing. I've never been a Tom McCarthy guy, but he was – at least when they were winning, he was fine. He became synonymically like his voice. His voice always takes me to the Raul Ibanez hitting walk off home runs in mm. 2009 because that's right after T Mac took over. So I could live with him when they're good. The color guys though, like Ben Davis. Uh, ben Davis, I'm Prep guy, so I'm predisposed to like him. He's a good guy. He's fine at what he does. John Cruck. I don't think Cruck is that good. Everyone just wanted to celebrate the Kruk hire because it was John Kruk. um his voice bothers me it, he sounds like a like a a country jezebel peach like southern bell peach voice in this in this gruff exterior and persona that we have when we think uh or visions when we think of Kruk. those don't match up for me he doesn't really say anything particularly enlightening occasionally he has an interesting story as does mike schmidt who clearly has they not prepared hasn't seen the other teams lineup, doesn't even know the 25 man roster for the phillies Like, it's just such a vanilla broadcast. Like, Comcast has this, and I'm afraid to critique Comcast because Adam is jonesing for a job. No, but Comcast has this thing where everything they touch just becomes so vanilla. Like, your rap references, you would start have to make, you would, like, be capped at Will Smith references if you went to Uh, work there. The only thing I
0: want to say, man, is we talk about how difficult sports radio is. Can you imagine calling one of those games...
1: No, look, I'm not
0: yeah. I mean, what are you I, what are you talking about? Hey man, so he's in a three-game slump. Like, no. oh, you mean like the other six guys? Like
1: No, so I'm not. Look, I I know that that is a super being a color commentator, especially during shit baseball, is is a difficult job. But take a Chris Wheeler, right? Take uh, and as much as I hated Wheels, I feel like Wheels now would be more palatable because while he would annoy you, you could sit there, watch the game, and at least feel like you're learning something, or or getting an like an actually decent story. Like Wheels could fill time with his content. None of these other guys Comcast took over the broadcast when they made this two point five billion dollar offer. And when they they touch things, they have a habit of just vanillaizing them. Hiring Ben Davis, he's he's vanilla. Jamie Moyer, vanilla. Um uh, Matt Stairs was a little bit of an out there hire, but it, he just, he was kind of blah on the air. Um, like, they hire these guys like, oh, Matt Stairs, we got the gruff, pound my ass, beer swilling guy. John Kruk, the beer swiller with one nut, you know? Um, and they, they all just turn out like, there's just nothing to the broadcast. And Tom McCarthy, quick, 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 in broadcast. a ten one game, Tom McCarthy feels like he's always campaigning for his job. Like, I I, got to impress Mr. Montgomery. I got to impress Mr. Middleton. I can't say anything bad about the team. And I know it's easy to harken back to the days of Harry where it's like, oh, Harry would let the game breathe. He would give you some sarcasm when the team was losing like that. He didn't insult your intelligence. I know it's easy to do that. But McCarthy just insults your intelligence at every single turn. He is so disconnected from the reality that every fan is watching. I, j- I just hate the broadcast. I don't know if I could sit there and listen to Crockett and McCarthy for four hours without picking up my phone and complaining about it.
0: Quick question. Um, how many of your friends do you consider pound your ass tough guys?
1: Uh, Matt Stairs would be the, that's, the only, only one. I've
0: never heard anyone described like that before. That was his,
1: That's from his own quote. Come on, Lefko.
0: Pound your ass
1: where were you were you alive serious question were you alive in 2008
0: yeah was like, yeah but
1: oh you're gonna get killed that. I'm gonna get emails about this on your behalf well, after right. he Look, after I, was, he I the, was
0: worried that you were gonna get emails on a different behalf
1: no after he hit the home run in LA when he came to oh, the dugout oh double
0: home run against Proxton
1: yes guys ha- and his quote was guys there's no better feeling paraphrasing than getting in the dugout and guys hammering on your ass like that that was his quote okay wow
0: Look, I don't remember quotes. I remember the home run. You want to know here? New, I New York,
1: New York has stripped away your uh, your Philly. So
0: I'll tell you that's about that home run because everybody remembers where they were. Where were you?
1: Uh, on my couch in my apartment.
0: I was in KHAS TV News Five in Hastings, Nebraska, <laughs> and uh, the sports guy was this guy Colin Murphy. Awesome dude. He was. He's a Phillies fan too and they were down 5-3. I think Victorino at the first home run to tie it at 5-5, right?
1: Uh, Yes, yes.
0: I jumped on the desk and I started fist pumping. This was during the nightly news in Nebraska. What I forgot was that in the set, there was a hole cut out and people on TV right over the main news anchor's shoulder saw me on the desk fist-pumping wildly and screaming and then jumping into Colin's arm when Victorino hit the home run. The news phone started ringing immediately, and (laughs) it was the news director going, Adam, we can see you on TV. Get off the desk. And I was like, oh, crap. I'm so sorry, Mr. Kellogg. I apologize. uh." What was it? Ten minutes later, Matt Stairs cranks the two-run jack, and I completely forget... And I jump back up on the desk and now I'm pumping the air right when they cut back to the news anchor. So he sees me on TV then humping the air (laughs) as Matt Stairs hit the two-run home run and we got... Plenty of emails that night over the mystery dark figure air humping during the nightly news. So that you, was that was amazing.
1: Were you not an on-air talent at that point?
0: Oh no, I was. But like, I had done my story and then I ran back to okay. watch the rest of the game.
1: Okay. Um, by the way, that Victorino but, home run, sneaky. It gets way overshadowed by Stairs' home run. I yes. had I had a stronger reaction for the Victo home run because mm. for me, like when you're losing. You never feel, you know, when people say when you're gambling and you lose, you never feel more alive, when, or when you have like serious money riding on the game. Okay. For me as a sports fan, you never feel more alive than when you're down. When you're tied or up, there's just a different feeling. Like the Stairs home run was huge, don't get me wrong. But that Victorino home run, when you're down and you tie it up with that ball that just clears the right field fence, that was more. That was every bit as exciting as stairs home. Oh, like run, everybody it just gets talks about over.
0: like the Eric Bruntlett short tapper, but the Pat Burrell double was insane yep. in that World Series. Yeah, you, you yep. never remember that the play that led up to the play. Let's yep. do one Eagles thing, Kyle, before we go. Well, do Clay, um,
1: Clay, and Clay and Macklin because I we got a bunch of questions about both of those. What was the Clay one? Uh, The Clay Thompson Brumers du jour. Oh, all
0: right. Well, what's your take on that? Because obviously I'd love to trade for him. I just don't know if we have the pieces or if he's going to want to come here.
1: See, so this is interesting because you're like, well, what is the Clay thing? And this is one of those things that was a thing in Philly on Friday, created on, I think, a local blog. And then 97.5 picked it up. Anthony Gargano took it and ran with it. And I, like... The radio stations used it as a genuine topic on Friday. They had... Mike Missinelli had Clay Thompson's father on. Did you know that? Clay Thompson's no. father was on Philly Sports Talk Radio on Friday. Hashtag Mikey missed Because the rumor du jour is that potentially the Sixers could trade for Clay Thompson. Um, so smarter minds have weighed in on this. And I've done a little research. And is it doable? Um, here's the deal. Clay Thompson has two years left after this season on his contract with the Warriors Draymond Green has three this summer the Warriors will have to they're going to max Steph Curry and likely max Kevin Durant though Durant said he would be willing to take a little bit of a discount so the Warriors can continue to form a dynasty team. In a couple of years, assuming that Draymond stays on the course he's on and Klay Thompson does as well, those guys, it would be virtually impossible for the Warriors to keep Curry, Thompson, Durant, and Draymond. And Thompson is increasingly looking like he would be the odd man out. Right now he's, I think, 27. He still has 2 years left. Draymond has 3. The thought is is that at some point the Warriors if they can get supreme value for Klay Thompson would be willing to move on from him. Most likely I'd give up anybody. I uh, know, I would too. So the the rumor is with the Sixers trade the 3 pick and Sharich or Holmes and a pick next year. I forget I might be even forgetting something else out of that for Clay Thompson. And to me the answer is yeah, like give up anything you got. Keep Simmons in and Bead and literally every other asset and player you have would be expendable to get Clay Thompson. He's the perfect player for this team. He's a 6 foot 7 guy who can one of the the best shooters in the league. Maybe will go down as one of the best shooters of all time and he's a terrific defender. So it's a no-brainer that the Sixers should try everything they can to get Thompson, but it's super unlikely at this point perhaps after next offseason with the Warriors trade Thompson yeah they might because they probably won't be able to keep him in a few years and it would be helpful if they can get a high draft pick to kind of reload for the future like this Warriors team can still win a championship without Clay Thompson I don't think he is the one thing that is like putting them over the edge that that guy is clearly Durant but they have a chance to become the right now they're the greatest team ever. They have a chance to arguably become one of the top three dynasties of all time, and they could win the next three NBA championships, or certainly two with Klay Thompson around. So if you're the Warriors, do you really want to eject that just so you can uh, future plan a little bit better? Maybe. They're not doing it before this season, I don't think
0: especially watching clay thompson play defense in these finals i yep. mean the, the stats that he is putting up on the defensive end I, I think it's crazy look i i like clay thompson more than steph curry uh and i and steph Whoa. is fantastic um
1: for the sixers I, or in general
0: i in general as a player I, in general i would take clay thompson over steph curry you That's are just me. bananas bananas I know I am, but he's also six foot seven, and he's more impactful on the defensive end, and he's not a defensive liability. And I think that he is what one or two percentage points less on threes. Oh wow! You know what I mean? Like that's just look. I know I'm weird. That's why you got me on the show, Kyle, because I'm a little fucking weird. But I mean, what Steph can
1: do with the ball in his hands and get into the basket, Clay Thompson does not have that skill set. And granted, he's a better defender, but. I mean, yeah, come no, on.
0: There's no, there's no perfect person. There's always a blend. Um, but I, look, I would give up whatever it takes to get Clay Thompson. Um, I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if he wants to come to Philly. I'm sure. Look, yeah, you don't blow this up because you're worried in two years you might not get anything for him. I agree. That would be next year. So I think it's a little uh, presumptuous to start that now. Um, B. Foley Jr., should the Eagles pursue Jeremy Macklin? And if so, can it realistically work with the wide receivers on the roster? Uh, As soon as he got released, which is crazy, especially because Andy Reid was just at his wedding, uh, and then he got cut, and because the NFL came out with a distinction where you could make June 1st cuts in February to avoid this happening for a player where he's left on the market with no one having free agency money. So I don't know why the Chiefs did this. They actually took a huge risk in doing this because he could have gotten hurt in those first two things. Um, I'll say this, the other teams that I think make sense to go after Macklin, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Dallas, Arizona, San Francisco, and Seattle make sense to me. Um, I look at the Eagles and I go Alshon, Torrey Smith, Jordan Matthews, Um, It it depends what it's going to take. Buffalo is making a huge push. LaShawn McCoy is actually the one leading that charge right now to try and bring in Jeremy Macklin. Um, I don't... The the whole like cut Tory Smith for Jeremy Macklin, I don't know why 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 is that the thing? Why isn't it cut DGB? Why isn't it cut Nelson Aguilar? I don't get it.
1: My yeah, my favorite thing of the weekend is DGB is uh, upset because he's not getting a lot of work in OTAs. Uh, you think? Um, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know why. Look, this is that classic Philly thing where guy we know gets cut. Or just guy is available like Clay Thompson, who's not even available, and all of a sudden there's nobody else in the league. There are no other constraints. Does this guy want to play here? Can we sign or trade for him? I, I get the I get the Andy the Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Philadelphia Eagles Jeremy Macklin thing. Of course it makes sense. But when you Google um, when you Google Jeremy Macklin, the first eight teams to come up as being interested in his services are not the eagles in fact the bills are uh, like the first six results uh, I don't, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you want to sign a guy who's had some recent injury troubles? Who's a little bit older, who clearly doesn't fit your timeline, whatever it is. It would be the most, it would be the most Eagles, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie thing ever, if they decided to bring Macklin in here. And especially if they cut Torrey Smith to do so, you have a li- you have a lot of upside and no risk with Torrey Smith. He could be a a genuine field stretcher it's a little bit of a long shot he's had a few bad seasons in a row but i like i don't even i don't even know why this is a topic take your chances with tory smith i like the eagles receiving core next year you have a legitimate alshon jeffrey is so so talented and i was talking to a bears fan last week and they said like this guy got banged up because cutler would throw the ball in the air and he would do his Cutler thing, and he would put Alshon Jeffrey in bad spots. Wentz probably won't do that to him. So I think you're going to see a really good Alshon Jeffrey. Jordan Matthews is a, is going to be a terrific slot receiver. He, he got He was maligned here because he was our number one. You put him in the slot, he's going to be really good. And if Smith can just keep people honest on the other side, again he's a little bit of a risk. We're not sure what we have there, but they don't really have any any commitment to him. See what you have. Why? Like I don't get why people would want the Eagles to bring in Macklin. Would he help them a little bit? Maybe next year. Yeah, but he's not putting you over the the top. This isn't how you build will, winning teams by signing your former, uh, you know, mid career injury-prone wide receivers. I I don't get the conjecture around this.
0: I think you're underselling Macklin, and I think you're overselling Torrey Smith. I agree with you that Macklin does not have the same skill set as Torrey Smith, and we need Torrey Smith simply to run the nine route. Go deep, stretch the defense, but... Alshon, if it, look, if the Eagles spent the money and decided to bring in Jeremy Macklin and our wide receiving core was Alshon Jeffrey, Jeremy Macklin, Torrey Smith, and Jordan Matthews, I'm not upset. I would rather have Jeremy Macklin on this team than Nelson Aguilar or DGB. Now, if it constrains them financially in the future, that's an interesting conversation. But in the NFL, you can cut anybody, whatever you want, um... I, I it's int- I don't know why the Chiefs did this. It, it's well I do know why, because they saved like seven and a half to ten million dollars. Um, but I would welcome Jeremy Macklin back. I think it's just another good piece for the development of Carson Wentz. Um, I'm sure they looked into it, I'm sure they looked at what the number would be, but I, I don't think that I agree with you, I don't think it's it's gonna meet any more wins of the wind column. But man, yeah, I, I, I mean, want the development of Carson Wentz to be smooth, and another veteran wide receiver helps with that. Okay, that i be the main reason.
1: I'm not trying to totally dismiss Macklin. I mean, he's 29 and still probably got a, a maybe a year or two and left. I remember, his, his prime. quarterback
0: was Alex Smith, who stinks.
1: I get that, but he was also in a pretty. I mean, he was also in overall a pretty decent offense. But look, look take. Take uh, – on a decent team, I should say. 2014-2015, his stats were almost identical. 15 and 16 games. He had 85, 87 receptions, uh, similar targets, over 1,000 yards both years. He actually had 1,300 yards with the Eagles in 2014. Ten touchdowns 2014, eight in 2015. Last year, 12 games, some injury problems. Stats, only... Yeah, but come on, Kyle. No, I, no, no, no. I, but, like – Reception. He went from 87 receptions so in 15 Travis games... So Travis
0: Kelsey led the NFL in receptions. I understand. Tyree Kill emerged as a huge threat. And Alex Smith can't throw the ball beyond 12 yards. I just don't think that's indicative.
1: All right, that's fair. But I'm, I'm always going to be concerned when a guy's receptions get cut in half and he only plays in three less games. I think Macklin, we've seen the very best that Jeremy Macklin can be. And it's it's good. It's not great. But I don't get... like. I'm not a believer in building from the outside in. I like what the Eagles did this year. You had to give Wentz some weapons, and they went out and they took uh, chances sure. on guys like Alshon and Torrey Smith. I think that makes all the sense in the world. You give them a decent receiving core. This team's not ready. This is like the Sixers timeline, Kyle Lowry debate. This team really isn't isn't ready to fully contend. Bringing on Macklin just feels it was just. Feels It feels like such a Howie Roseman, Ruben Amaro thing to do. I don't think they're going to do it. This is a fan-driven thing at this point. He fits much better elsewhere. For the Eagles to spend, I know they had wide receiver issues, but to go out and get three wide receivers in addition to Jordan Matthews this offseason without addressing... You know, I know you're a fan of the offensive line. There, you can never have too much offensive line depth. There are other things they could have addressed. Uh, I still would have liked to have seen them address the running back position a little bit better than Legarrette Blunt. But again. I don't think you need to go and get three wide receivers at this point. If you're the Eagles, if you're ready to contend for a Super Bowl and you need every weapon you can get, and guys like this become available, yeah. But I don't, I don't see the logic in getting Macklin at this point. Even if you cut him, you do, you're gonna have to pay some cap penalties at some point. Um, you know, it's not like you could just cut guys and have no financial repercussions. So I, I'm out on Jeremy Macklin, big time. And he had about, injury issues last year.
0: How about this? We talked Eagles, Phillies and Sixers today. Very well-rounded podcast. Russell had to bounce halfway. Uh, We miss him. He is at Joy On Broad. Kyle is at Crossing Broad. I am at Adam Lufko. Hope you guys enjoyed Crossing Broadcast. Uh, We are going to be recording uh, with Jonathan Wasserman for Wednesday, who is uh, a draft expert that I work with at Bleacher Report. all he does is watch these guys. All he does is watch film. So we're going to have a lot of Alonzo Ball questions for him. We're going to have a lot of Josh Jackson questions. So if you want to hit up Kyle, too, at Crossing Broad, questions for a draft expert. What If you could ask anything to someone whose career it is to watch the draft. What would you want to know? Hit us up and, as always, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, And if you ask the question there, we're definitely going to get to it uh, that we can ask Was. The guy knows what he's talking about. He's hit the last few years. Uh, Thank you, guys, as always. We appreciate you, and we'll be uh, there in your apps on Wednesday. See ya. See ya.